say first, I'm just so excited uh, to, to be here and to be talking with you guys. And um, man, I, I just want to take a second just to, to just say how amazing God is. And like, you know, our walk with Christ is so, it's, it's supernatural. Everything about Jesus, everything to, to worship, to, to life, to everything is so supernatural about Jesus. Nothing about it is normal. So I want to encourage you today. Today we're going we're gonna to dig into God's word and find out just about how much more he loves us, how much more he paved the way to, for us to, to walk like he walked in, in, in every situation that he did. So, um, I, you know, it says in Genesis 1, 27, that I just want to point this out real quick before I even really get started, is that God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, and created, he created them. So we were created in the image of God, and that was broken, but Jesus came to restore that back to us. What was lost is now found. You know, I was blind, but now I can see. And everything about the kingdom, as we'll see today, is pretty much opposite of what we've been taught in the natural mindset of the world. And so um, I want to encourage you as well is that even on your darkest day, Jesus never lost sight of what you look like with him inside of you. Even when, when you had even what we thought was like the worst day of your life, you know, Jesus saw what it was like. I, he doesn't, he never loses sight of what that looks like. And so, um, again, I also want to reiterate how awesome this week is. This is Palm Sunday, and uh, we're going to look into more of what that is. And, and next week, please invite people. You know, um, it's, it's amazing the statistics on people who will come to church just if you invite them. And so many people are just waiting to be asked or and, and sometimes in, in our mind we can get in the way sometimes we just got to get out of the way so God can move in a situation and sometimes in our mind we, we we think too much about well maybe they won't you know maybe they'll think I'm coming on too strong just just let God do the rest just kind of say God I'm going to get out of the way on this one and just you know invite so um, if you have your Bibles I want you to turn over to Matthew 21 and um, we're going to be looking at at Jesus here, and him coming in with Palm Sunday, and uh, you know, another amazing thing about Jesus is he fulfilled every law, you know, there wasn't just the Ten Commandments, there was about 400-something laws that the, the Jewish religious leaders put on the people, Jesus followed everyone perfectly, and I say this because Jesus completely paid the price of what we were supposed to be. And he took that blood, and so when God looks at us, he doesn't see anything that you've ever done. He only sees Jesus. So I, I would say one of the most amazing things that, that Jesus did is he walked without being offended everywhere we go. And that's what we're going to talk about is living without offense. And I know this is, in my heart, this is such a, a sensitive topic, but I believe that if we want to draw close to the heart of God, this is something that we need to, to just have established. We need to have the truth established in our heart because the Bible says, where there's truth, there can't be a lie, and truth sets you free. A lot of times we think we have strongholds or things in our mind, and I've even met people who think, oh, pray for me, I have a demon. And no, they just have a wrong mindset. They just need the truth to come into their lives and allow truth to be established in their heart. And the Bible says that truth sets us free. So Matthew 21, verse 1, it says, As they approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there and with her colt beside her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, 
the foal of a donkey. In verse 6, it says, The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth from Nazareth and Galilee. And I emphasize that for a reason, is that when the people, they're worshiping him, they're worshiping not knowing who exactly he is. They're, they're calling him the Messiah, and they're thinking he's the Messiah coming to free them from Roman rule, which we know he was coming to free them from something much better. He's coming to free them from themselves, essentially. And I, w- I would even point out that the disciples didn't even really know who Jesus was. They followed him, the miracle worker, the Messiah. You know, we see this in Matthew 16, verse 13. It says this. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do the people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And this is where Jesus says, you got it, Peter. This wasn't revealed to you by man, but it was revealed to you by my Father. And something's really important in there that shows why Jesus had to die, to show that really he was from the Father, that he, the sin had to be paid for, and people could finally understand. It was, it's like that, I think of the, the soldier who's they're there crucifying Jesus, and after he died, he said, truly, this was the Son of God. And it's like something just broke right then. And, and you know, even in Acts, the second chapter of Acts, when Pentecost comes and, and the, the, the gospel is preached for the first time, there's repentance, and people say, you know, what must we do to be saved? The same people who were crucifying him, now's heart is towards repentance toward him. So, I just want to point out something, is that all the while that Jesus lived here on earth, he modeled what we could live like here as Christians. Sometimes we, we see Jesus through the lens of, you know, oh, that's great for God, you know, <laughs> but for us, we see it as, you know, we're just going to go through life, we're going to unlearn everything that we have learned, and eventually when we get to heaven, it's just going to be perfect. Everything is perfect. But I want to encourage you that eternal life starts now. There's a transformed mind. where Our mind isn't made to just be unlearned. It's made to be transformed. As we learn in Romans 12, it says, Therefore, be transformed and renew your mind so that you can know the will of God. God wants us to know his will. God wants our hearts to be restored so that we can have fellowship with him. Jesus paid a price so that we could be living sacrifices. He didn't pay a price for us to be selfish. He paid a price for us to be selfless. So as we look at Matthew 21, Jesus is coming, and we see a couple things. We see, one, that Jesus is fulfilling prophecy. You know, we saw uh, that, you know, everything I said before, Jesus did, and he fulfilled every law, every prophecy, and everything like He was just perfect. Uh, Two, we see people publicly worshiping him, and in a way, like, you know, that hasn't happened yet. People have worshipped him in private, but this is the first public showing of worship. And the third thing is this, is that Jesus knew that every single person who was worshipping Hosanna would be yelling, crucify him, one week later. And yet he was not offended. And yet he healed the sick everywhere he went. 
And if you think about this, put, put yourself in this shoes, is that if you were with a friend and you knew a week later they were going to steal all your money and run away to Las Vegas, would you still buy them Starbucks when you went to, to, to Starbucks with them? That'd be a thought. And yet when Jesus comes, he knows that all of these people who are worshiping him one week later are going to be yelling, crucify him, and yet he wasn't offended. Guys, we have to get the spirit of offense off of our lives. So, you know, Jesus knew everything from the crowds to Judas and everything, and yet he wasn't offended. It just amazes me. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. How do we walk without offense? You know, how do we, because Jesus, he, like I said earlier, he lived a life that modeled the way for us to live now. That everything he walked, he, he made a way. And, you know, even you see the times where he'd do a miracle or something. He'd have his, as we studied Wednesday, which is a really awesome Bible study, uh, how he, he'd say to the disciples, okay, you go do it. Feeding the 5,000 the fish. It was, it's amazing. So I encourage you guys to come um, come with us. And so before I get into the first point about that, um, to me, I just want to say, I, I, I say this out of a place of just complete humbleness and just man jesus is amazing and he wants us to know him but in my heart it makes me cry when i think that that sunday for waiters and waitresses is one of the worst days because it's the meanest people and the lowest tips for people who come in to eat and i cannot in my heart fathom that we would come to worship here and thank god for how good he is and then not show people how good he is outside of this place that's not how we're meant to live we're meant to live with lives of character and integrity, and everywhere we go, that people get a glimpse of what the love of God looks like because he loved us. So the first thing about walking without fence is one is it's rooted in the love of God. This doesn't mean that people won't do things that are offensive or that will, you know, they'll try to offend you. What it means is this, is that when people come against you, you can respond with the love of God. Because that is completely opposite of the way we've been trained our whole lives, you know? Okay, and that's, that, that's what the kingdom of God looks like, you know? And um, I say this not out of arrogance or anything, and I, I feel like this is something that the Holy Spirit's been teaching me a lot lately, is that, one, is that people can't hurt me. And I say this very carefully, because you never gave me what God gave, and that's acceptance, okay? And, and, and the thing is that people cannot take from you what they never gave you in the first place. What's the source of your acceptance coming from? Is it coming from other people? Or is it becoming from a place of love relationship with our Father we were, where we're meant to be in the first place? We're meant to love each other, not need each other. There's a complete difference. When we love lays down its life for another, need steps away whenever the need's not felt. Okay, so... When we're rooted in the love of God, people can wrong us and we can respond in love. So Ephesians 3, 16 through 18, I love this verse, and I just put it on repeat sometimes. It says, this, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, let me say that again, being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ. Before we grasp how big God loves us, we have to be rooted in that love of truth. Before, before we go out and, and it says, may you have power together with spirit, we have to be rooted in love and truth. 
And I've seen a lot of people with a gifting of the Spirit, but no, they're not rooted and established in love. And even we see in 1 Corinthians, it talks about desire the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, but the most important thing is love. When, we're, when we have love down, everything else flows from that. So, and I, I just want to say as well is that it shouldn't surprise us that people are ugly in their attitudes at times when they're not in Christ. I mean, their, their minds haven't been transformed yet. And then it's, it's, it's funny because we think about that. And like when someone wrongs you like on the road or like, you know, at a restaurant or something, it's like, well, I'm offended. They, they shouldn't do that. You know, I, you know, I have my rights, you know, as a person. You know, it's funny because Jesus said to take up your cross and follow you. That your rights just show you haven't been established in your love relationship with your father. Because when we're walking with our father, we're carrying our cross with us. And we no longer have rights. We just walk in love everywhere we go. Sometimes I think I think we just need to like die already and let our rights just be consumed in the love of God and just love people the way he did everywhere we go. And I think that when that happens, when the body of Christ truly gets that established in their heart, people will be attracted to the church like they were to Jesus. Because everywhere Jesus went, people came to him and were attracted to him. So the second point is this. Not walking a fence means you can hurt four people, but you're not hurt by people, okay? And I'm, and I'm not making little of what things that have happened to you in the past. But it, and I'm not saying that it was little, but let's talk about what Jesus went through for a little bit, and not what we've gone through. Because we can get in a mindset of, well, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I, I mean. And uh, what about what he went through to get you adopted into the beloved, Okay. We're supposed to be walking in our relationships. And I want to tell you is that when you're free from yourself, you're free from other people. People aren't your barometer of how you're doing today, you know. And, and, you, know, and you can respond. And even when people are terrible to you, you're still okay. That's kind of funny. That sounds like someone who's been transformed by Jesus in their lives. And people no longer define how they're doing or their day, how things have been happening to them, are no longer how they're doing but Jesus has established himself in our hearts. And everywhere we go, it's just love. The crowd, Jesus knew about the crowds. He knew about even his own disciples. And uh, I think he also knew that those people didn't know who they really were. And they, he didn't, they didn't know who he really was. When people act out of selfishness or this, it's because they don't know who they are. We as Christians can look at people through the perspective of heaven and see the value on people's lives. Even the dirtiest of people that are around us, we can look at them and, you know, it just every morning something that I do is just, God, let me have your eyes to see people the way that you see them. Because when we look at people, not through our eyes, but through his eyes, we can pull out their gold. Anybody can look at someone and just point out the trash in people's lives. It doesn't take a Christian to, to do that. Anybody can do that. But it does take someone transformed by Jesus to look at someone who on the outside may look like their life is just, you know, messed up and pull out the gold inside of them. Okay. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I think Jesus realized that they didn't know who he really was, even though he told them several times. And we're going to look real quick in Matthew 16, starting in verse 21. It says, From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem 
and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he'd be raised from the dead. I don't know about you guys, that seems pretty one, two, three right there, you know. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. He said, heaven forbid, heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap for me, and you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God. Okay, let's pause on this before, real quick. Just before Peter said, you're the Messiah, and Jesus said, this has been revealed to you by my Father. You know, good job, Peter. Next thing we see is Jesus saying this, and, and Jesus saying, get, get behind me, Satan. You're a danger trap. You're thinking like a man and not from God's perspective. Okay, the way that we think in the world, the way that the world thinks is, is, is from Satan, okay? Our job as Christians is every day to destroy the works of the devil. In the first place, the works of the devil need to be destroyed is in our mind, in our mindset. That's why it's so important that our mind is renewed, that we're living sacrifices for Christ, and that everywhere we can go, we can think like he thinks and then walk like he walks, because it starts in our mind. Everything starts in our mind. We need, we got to know his will, and we do that through having a renewed mind. So let's continue to verse 24 of that passage real quick. And it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Okay, let me just point this out real quick. Hold on, let me read it one more time. So whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. You notice it doesn't say deny the devil, take up your cross and follow him. It says deny yourselves. This whole thing with our rights and, and everything as we go, you know, uh, deny yourselves and follow Christ. It's not about us. It's about him inside of us. We're meant to be living sacrifices. So why, why is this important right here to, to living without offense? Why is this important to hurting for people and not being hurt by people? Because if we're hurt by people, by their words, that what they say about us, and we're allowing them to determine our value instead of allowing God, and God already determined your value. We're believing a lie and empowering a lie rather than believing the truth. Remember what we talked about earlier, where there's truth, there can't be a lie. We have to have the truth of what God says about us established in our heart. God has already defined your value. And like I said before, I'm not being mean, and I'm, I'm not saying that what you haven't been through you know, is, is, is bad, but what I'm saying is that Jesus went through a lot to get you adopted. He defined your value. I, would, I, mean, I don't know, have, have any of you guys seen The Passion of the Christ? Like, you know, just show of hands real quick. I would tell you, watch that scene with your eyes open where Jesus was just getting ripped. I remember the first time I closed my eyes. I, watched it. I, think, it was, I think I was like, I don't remember when it came out. I was, I was a little bit younger, and man, it was just intense. And like, I heard a guy say once, you watch that scene with your eyes open and just see what he did for you because you were worth it to him. Jesus, it says in the word that, that it was, he endured the cross for the joy set before him. You were the joy set before him that he could get you back and be adopted into the beloved. I want to say this, is that words are important, okay? But people can either use their words to come into agreement with God and what he's already said about you, or they can use their words to come into agreement with what they're going through right now. And that is huge, okay? Let me say that again. People can use their words to come into agreement with what God has already said with you. And we know that when we come into 
the truth of what God says about it, and we come in, in agreement with that with our words, there's power behind it. There's even more power than with a, the, the disagreeing word. But they can also choose to use their words in a way that's just showing what they're going through right now. And it shows they haven't been truly established in truth in the heart of who God says they are. Which means in the last point about not walking in offenses, the third thing it says, it starts with loving yourself. Okay. This sounds really weird, but that's okay. We'll cover that. Okay. What does loving yourself really mean? Okay. It's not arrogant to see yourself through the value of the blood that Jesus shed for your life. It is not arrogant at all. I'm a son. I'm a son of God. Every morning I get to wake up and I can look in the mirror and not just, ugh. I'm, it's like, you're a son of God. Man, God is really excited about living inside of you. That's so cool. He wants to live inside of all of us. He wants to just be that joy to where when we wake up, it's not just Monday. Uh, you know, it's, yay, Jesus. Yay, God. And I live in that. And it's so freeing. And I'm saying that's for all of us. It's not just for 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 special people. God wants you to live and see your life through the value of what he paid for already. Okay? So Matthew 22, 34-39 says this. It says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied with this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Everything you got. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. You cannot love other people if you do not love yourself. And the truth here is this, is the way that you view people and treat people is how you really view yourself, okay? And so when you see people who are walking in that, you can pray and your quiet time says, God, I thank you that they just don't know who they are. Lord, show them who they are and the value of their life in you. And that goes from praying, that goes, that, that goes from praying to a, a place of God change them, you know, maybe have them have a Damascus Road experience to where they get their high horse knocked off or this, yeah, yeah, yeah. So God, show them what they are. That's a prayer that shows we're establishing who God says we are. And it shows, and, and we're out of a place of covenant with God. When we can pray that God just reveals to those people who they really are in Christ. Second is like, love your neighbor as yourself. Something really important we need to grasp here is walking like Jesus, which is what we're all called to, does not start by doing things. It starts by becoming. Okay? Jesus taught the Beatitudes, not the do attitudes. Okay? It's about becoming who God says you are. So, we times a lot, and I know that for a while I had this kind of thinking, and, and so great to be free from it, is the whole, you know, you know a tree by its fruit. If the fruit's good, the tree's good. Well, you look at your life, and the fruit's not so good, so the tree must not be good. That's not how God wants us to look at our hearts, okay? What you need to do, and what, 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 what's so freeing, is saying, and just out of just relationship with him, just getting alone in a room with him and saying, God, I thank you. That, Lord, I, I know what I just did. That's not who you created me, and that's so not who I am anymore. And, God, I thank you that it's violated my conscience, and I never want to do it again because I know it just, it's, it's not from you, God. It's not who you made me to be. And I thank you, God, it says in your word that if we confess our sins, that, Lord, you, you remove all unrighteousness from us, and the only thing that's left is righteousness. So, Lord, you said that I'm righteous in your sight and that I can be, we can have fellowship with each other because I'm made right by your blood. That sounds a lot better than just coming to the altar and crying for three hours about what you did 
last week. It sounds like we're starting to become that tree rather than just focus on letting our actions define who we are because Jesus has already done that. If there's one thing to get from today is that Jesus has already done it. We just walk in it, okay? You cannot love other people the way God loves unless you see yourself and others through God's eyes. You have to see. You, you'll love people because you're filled with the love of God. You can walk down a street and just be like, hey, you know, God loves you. He thinks you're awesome because that's in your heart. And it's not out of trying to do works or trying to manipulate people to pray a prayer and come to church with me. It's becoming who God has called you already to be. So when the enemy comes, because he's like a snake in the grass and he bites people, you know, and, 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 he, and he's, it's, the Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser. He's trying to accuse man to God and God to man, making things that look like that happen in your life, that like it's from God. So now in your mind, it's like, God, I'll follow you. But, you know, you can't really love him, just be in love with God because you think he did something. When the snake comes like a thief in the grass, okay, like a snake in the grass, and bites you, you can remind him who God says that you are and remind him that God paid a price for your life and he's valuable and he likes to live inside of you. And that, that sounds like a good, because, you know, the Bible says that he's, He's not just a snake, but he's, he's got his head crushed. That's some head-crushing talk right there, is when you remind the devil what Jesus has already said that the value of your life is. We're supposed to know that value. So, Matthew 28, verses 9 through 10 says, as, as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him and grasped his feet and worshipped him. Then this is just a little context. This is after Jesus has risen from the dead. This is, he's, he's, he's been crucified, buried, and, and I'm going to finish up with this as well. I'll, I'll start over. He says, And as they went, they met Jesus, Mary and Martha, and greeted them. And they ran to him and grasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Brothers. These were the same guys who totally ran out on his, his disciples. He could have said, Go tell those no good Four flushing, you know, backstabbing people that I'm coming to see them. You know, he said, go tell my brothers that I'm going to come see them. Jesus didn't take offense to when they fell away. He knew that there was something more, there was something greater. And that's on our lives too, you guys. God has given us the ability to walk without being offended. He wants you to be free from offense because he loves us. And that's what we're created for. We're created to be free from that. And it's going to be like a glass ceiling with your relationship with God if you keep holding on to things that have happened in the past. And I just want to say right now, in, in, in my heart, I really feel like God wants to just set some people free today. And that he wants to just wrap you in his love. And when we truly forgive, and when we choose to not walk and be offended, God's going to be used in your life in ways that never before People can't offend you anymore. People aren't your barometer. You can walk and just have joy because Jesus lives inside of you and he loves you so much. And so it's time we realize our identity isn't found in what people say about us or what we're going through at the time. Our identity is found in him. It's time we live without being offended by people, but rather loving people and showing them what the king looks like, what our king Let's die already and live our lives for other people. And so, I just want to say this. 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about love. Love is this. Love is this. One of the things highlighted just for today is love keeps no record of wrongs. Love is patient. Love is kind. 
keeps me on that foot as well. Let's be free from that, and let's just let Jesus take over us and just allow us to be free. So, if you're here tonight, I just, I want, let's all just, you know, put our hands on our hearts real quick. We're going to pray, and I just want to pray over you guys real quick, and we're just going to let Jesus take care of Just between you and God right now, if there's anything in your heart that you've been holding on to that's, that's been rooted in, in being offended by other people, let's give that away right now. Okay, thank you, Father. God, you're so good. Thank you for freeing us on the cross. And Lord, every day we could just be sons and daughters of the King. Father, we don't want to live our lives offended because you never walked in offense, God. And you, you always, Lord, just saw the value and potential in our lives. So Lord, I just, Holy Spirit, I thank you for just loving our people right now, wherever they are, whether they're here or listening online. And I thank you, Father God. Lord, that our value would be revealed, God. That we can hurt poor people and not be hurt by people because you already paid a price for that, God. I just thank you, Father, in our hearts, Lord. We would just give that over to him and, and, and just let you just live through us, God. Lord, we worship you and we thank you, God. Lord, let's not leave here the same as when we came, God. And let's just worship you with our lives. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, Lord, he's so good. He's so, so good, God. Man, don't live your life just day to day. It goes from glory to glory. Our lives from glory to glory. And we're all just growing to know him. We're growing in that identity that Jesus paid a price for. We're all, we're all getting closer. And I feel like the more that I get to know him, the more that I don't know about him and the more that I want to know him. And you guys, we're called to be a generation, all of us, of people who are sold out for Christ and everywhere we go, people get a counter with the king. God is so good. God. And, and I just want to give you guys, I'm just feeling this in my heart. Man, if you've been living your life and man, you want this, you want to just have that fire stirred inside of you again. You want to, you want to just say, yes, God, I'm for you. I don't, I don't want to live in offense anymore. I just want to pray over us one more time. I want you to come into agreement with this as well. And, and just thank God for freeing us. Because, guys, he paid a price for us to come back and to be adopted into his, to have fellowship with him, to be adopted as sons and daughters. So just bow your heads with me real quick, and, and we're going to pray. And, and, and Jesus is, will touch you. He's already here. He is here in this place. He's, you know, sometimes we, you can just feel his presence, but he's with us everywhere we go. He's not just in this house. He's in, he's in our house. He's in us. Father God, we just surrender everything, God. Lord, take everything. Lord, there's people in this place, their heart is just crying out for repentance. I thank you, Lord, in your word that says, Lord, once we realize that and we repent and we confess you as Lord and Savior, God, that we are saved. And then we can walk without being offended. And we can walk in the miraculous. And every day just get to know you more. I just speak that over this, this body right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Father, I just speak healing over this body as well. Sickness, you have to go. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We live our lives in the kingdom. Lord, there's no sickness in the kingdom. So I just rebuke it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, anyone with just pain right now, Lord, in their back, 
just healed right now in Jesus' name. Your lower back. I thank you, Father, for just complete wholeness in their bodies. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Okay. We love you guys. Why don't you, let's go ahead and stand up as we close out. Let's just praise God. Let's see if I can remember the blessing after every time I said it, because I don't have it written down. Uh, so, if you raise your hands, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he go with you everywhere you go. Thank you, Father God. Just speak a blessing on these people. Grant them with peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. All right, sweet. We are dismissed. All right. Thank you.